This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for tyre power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Follow us on Twitter at Rabbit Hole SEN. Great to have you with us. Hello, everyone. Episode 24. You can find us, as uh, the voiceover man just said, at Rabbit Hole SEN. It's a lot to back over a few things. We're supposed to make sure we're getting the message out there. And we brought, uh, we brought to you, thanks to Tyre Power, our great friends, Power Up Now, oh, and sale, 25% off equivalent with 443 on selected Kumo tyres. How are you, Tim Watson, Whispers, or oh, Whisper? I'm good. I'm really good. Uh, I'll give you some feedback a little bit later in the program too when we go down the reverse rabbit hole because I know there is somebody out there listening because they contacted me during the week mm. about sheets, which we'll talk about a little bit later because Money. you put out – no, no, not the sheets, but the one, the bedding that you talked about oh, last oh, week yeah, 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 with yeah. your uh, flax. I put it on. Your linen flax. I've put it on. I know. You showed me a photo of it. How good was it? Yeah, good, but – But What? It looked like the cheaper linen to me. It didn't look like the expensive Belgian linen. Well, you know, we don't like to talk about money on this program, Mm. but they weren't cheap. I know, but I think you got had. That's my point. I think you actually paid top sheets (laughs) for (laughs) inferior sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Nice colour, though. I don't get them off. Have you in your- What sort of a jammy do you go with? uh, Do you try and match your jammies with with your (laughs) sheets? I go- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you go commando. Yeah. What do you your, sleep in? Um, I sleep in a uh, a nice. I tell you what, I did find <laughs> when I went into hospital to have my knee operated this would on. Be good. What? I got a nice little uh, shorty, a Peter Alexander shorty, with a peephole. Yes, with a peephole, <laughs> and <laughs> my well feedback I got once was at night time you should try and free yourself up as much as you well, possibly that's why can. I, I go I go um, natural. That's right. So if you try if you're too tight over the night, it's not good for your overall health. Yeah. So to loosen up with a nice Pete Alexander shorty pajama. Good for your Dane Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in the news this week, he hasn't is. he? Did you ever get squirrel gripped? Yeah, why do why do we all laugh as soon as we talk about laughing. that? Because that is painful down there. No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I've talked about it before how I got need there, but you I did. didn't get squirrel gripped. No, neither did I. Not, not even a, a fa- approaching a squirrel grip. There was there's a famous, an infamous, famous. I won't mention the name, but there's mm. always a name that gets connected to, to the term squirrel grip. And? I don't know whether there's any truth in that. It was before my time. So it was actually you played through that era. Yeah, he was. Yeah, was he a squirrel gripper? He liked to latch on. Yeah. In what? He was a bulldog man too. Look at old mate Brooksy over what? there, horrified he is that one of his players, a former back pocket, used to do that regularly. Yeah, tell me how. Like in what? Um, I don't want to defame anybody, but in what situation? In in what circumstance are you saying? I thought it might have been a bit apocryphal. Is it like in a tackle, or was it a tackle of the tackle? Yeah, that's well, exactly. Yeah, what but it did. in general play or off off the ball? I think as a way of uh, disrupting things at different times. Well, you're just standing next to him. He scrubs you on the nose. Well, he didn't do it to me, but there were others that talked about it, yeah, out there. What, yeah. just a general standing next to your opponent and he goes, oh, I might just give you a squeeze. Is that what you're saying happened? Well, I think maybe in, you know, sort of more like an altercation that may have eventuated out there in the field. And then as part of that tactic that right. part of his engagement in a battle, that's might have been what he did. Yeah. Peter Philandia got suspended for it. Yeah, but that was for biting. 
Well, yes, that's next level. <laughs> that's kind of taken it up a notch. That's, yeah, that's, fair enough, Tim. So he bit him on the nurry. Yeah, that's right. I mean, some players used to like to have a pre-game meal, some had a post-game meal, and there was just a couple of the odd ones here and there that liked to have an in-game meal. Um, he got weeks for that. Oh, another bulldog, I'm told, went for it as well. Brad Wirra. These are all on oh, the Oh, he record. got reported for it too. We're not the famous. Did Terry Wheeler ever get reported for it? Oh, now you've brought the name up. <laughs> Oh, God help me. I'm just trying. I was tiptoeing around it, and now you've gone bang. I'm just asking the question, did he ever get reported for it? As I said, it's before my time, so I've got no – I can't add to the story other than just what I've heard in and around the traps. And in case you're listening to this and you haven't caught up with the news at the weekend, and mm. there was a, a – um, a tackle. A tackle that was applied by Took Miller. Yep. And he grabbed hold of the groin region well, no, of not, Dane Zorko. Not specifically. He didn't sort of aim for it. He tackled Dane Zorko, and when he, he was getting flung around, you could see one hand was up around his arm, and the yeah. other hand was wrapped try, in an attempt to get around his waist, slid a little low, and got... Um, but he didn't let go. Once he realised no, that he, he would have <laughs> He did. He gave it a nice old squeeze. Anyway, Dane Zorko spoke about it. He put it out there. The AFL... I believe they're probably still investigating this. We haven't heard any more from well, it. But he went on he went on radio, he went on SEN radio up in Brisbane, he spoke about it in great detail and yeah. said that he was bruised in that region as well. Mm. So it must have been a fairly solid wank. Uh, sorry, not wank. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Oh my <laughs> lord. Did you <laughs> That's the greatest faux pas I've ever heard. I meant to say yank. <laughs> He should see. He should be so lucky. We can cut that out. <laughs> no, we won't be cutting that out. Cut that out. Please. It was a Freudian slip. It was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. It was, a, it was a mistake. I didn't mean that. You don't have to cut it out. It was a mistake. It was a funny one. <laughs> anyway, um, can we move on to something else? Because we, we got onto a topic called I. I asked you because I've been reading about this. Somebody who I'd seen um, on my. Instagram or Twitter feed or whatever it might have been. Anyway, I look at all other people's uh, contributions to it, and somebody was talking about they'd had a soft launch with their new partner, and now they were going hard launch with their new partner. Mm. I raised the topic with you, and Mm. you had no idea what I was talking about. Are you more understanding now about what it's all about? And this is the way that people roll and operate these days. Only when Jared Waitley was able to put some context around it, this is not relationship driven. So if the AFL, for instance, for instance, wanted to say they're going to outlaw the bounce of the ball to mm. start the game, they would soft launch that by just whispering in a few media people's ears, look, why don't you start the debate about the bounce of the ball? Has it had its day? You know, it's not fair for the Ruckman because the ball, you know, all that. and then, yeah. so then it just gets out there. The debate starts, you know, they can test the air and see which way the public, um, uh, public opinion is, mm. and then they'll hard launch it by going, bang, big announcement today, the bounce is staying, or yeah. the bounce is going. Not a great example. A great announcement. That's not a great analogy. <laughs> Why isn't it? No, it's not. But oh, well, you okay, over to you. Well, the soft launch is with a partner. You might go and have coffee with them. Oh, with a partner, yeah. yes. Oh. Or whatever, but if it's a hard launch, then you'll be putting it on your Instagram feed or Twitter feed, and there will be a photo of the two of you in a warm embrace. So I think that's the greatest load of horse shit I've ever heard. Why? 
Well, who says you have to launch anything? No, nobody does. But well, this you're is what... the one. Tell me, everyone who hard launches stuff. Well, I'm telling you how people operate today, and the same thing and applies. I'm you, I think it's horseshoes. Well, yeah, but it may be. But this is what people do. This is how they announce their new partner to the world. Why do you the have broader... to announce? Why do you have to announce it to anyone? Because people can't keep anything private anymore. Have you not noticed what happens on Instagram and Twitter? People are happy to share everything. There's more oversharers in the world now than there's ever been. But who, you're not Beyonce, you're not Jay-Z, who cares who you're going out with? But to your circle of friends and your wider well, circle no, of friends, because everybody follows, no, no, Your no. circle of friends would know if you're going out with someone, well, because you go out with them. Yeah, but they might see so you with them. So all you want them. to do is show off to the rest of the world. Yes, but it may be casual, and what you're saying now is it, it is more permanent. There's yeah. a big difference in who taking cares? somebody, turning up at a party or a function somewhere with a person, as opposed to then saying, okay, I'm going to take them to Christmas lunch or, who, my point, or a wedding. My point is, who cares? Well, people- Who? I, you who? don't care. I don't care. Well, right? don't put it out there. Who <laughs> no. cares? I don't care. Yeah, but if, if, if people followed your logic- no one would share anything with the no, wider no. world, and that's the way no. that people operate no, now. No, they would, they would share because they go out with them. No, but- Yes, Tim. You're missing the point. No, I'm not missing the point. It, it, this is the narciss- yes, you are. It's the narcissistic world we live in. That's all true. Where people think, oh, no, I'm in a new relationship. How, how am I going to tell everyone? Oh, well, I'll, I'll do a little sneaky one by doing a coffee. Oh, that's not enough. Oh, now I have to do an official one. I don't care. Who cares? True, but are you familiar with the baby reveal things as well? What? You're looking at me blankly. What do you what do you mean? Well the baby reveal things. Yeah, with your family and your friends and your No, but people put that online as well. That's <laughs> what they do. People well, they just want to tell the people they don't know who's what? following okay. them or whatever, okay. but it's just a way of announcing things publicly. All right, I'll I'll tell you how to announce it. Um uh, uh Jenny and Bo- and Phil are pregnant and having a boy. Yeah. That's it, but you can you can do it better than that. Why would you want to? Well, you can put up some blue balloons, or you can put yeah. up some pink for your balloons. friends and family. You can, but that's what they do. That's the people that's that right. follow them. And like, if you might be doing something, or Nikki might be doing something about their a launch, about whatever it might be, and you want to put it out there and promote it to if it's a bi- wider audience. If it's a business launch, I, I get it mm. because you want to attract everyone. And you want people to come. If it's a relationship, what do you want people to come and watch you eat your dinner? Oh, I've soft. But I'm, you know all I've this. I've soft launched a relationship, and I'll be having dinner at um, <laughs> well, at Entrecot sh- at eight o'clock. If you want to come and some people s- want to share that. You know, th- there are people called. Wrong. What is wrong with? Them? There are people who are influencers, and they have a lot of followers. And if you've got a lot of followers, then you've got to feed the beast every day, which means you've got to continually come up with stuff that you're announcing. So these are the same people, right? I know I'm sounding like an old goat, but anyway. The same people who, you know, put their whole life on photos and where they are and holidaying because they might get a cheap rate or whatever, and then mm. turn around and go, "Oh, my privacy's been <laughs> now." Look at everyone's yes. everyone's in my privacy, <laughs> oh, and you go, "Oh, really?" <laughs> anyway, I de- I find it hard to comprehend. I un- I understand that people want people to know who they're going out with. Well, good on them. Well, you've no. been a big sharer. Over the journey, though, because I've been made asking oh, about- I've been a big share, have You've I? been a big share. Uh, on what? Well, you appeared in two AFL <laughs> Men for All Seasons calendars. You shared a lot of yourself in both those calendars. A lot more than I needed to 25 see. 25 years ago, before there was any social media. 
I can't believe that you actually did that. That's not something no, that I thought neither, you would do. Neither can I. Can you remember how it all came about? No. You would have been approached by somebody to do it. I think it would have came about through the management that, I don't know. I, actually, I don't know how it came about. It's stupid. And you're right. And you're backed up I and you did it. I would never do it again. You did it, well, but I you must, did it again. Well, I must have got good feedback. <laughs> I must have got good sales because <laughs> they came back again. So the first photo I've been led to believe. The, the first, it was a, can I say this? Right. It was a bit of a piss take, right? So I was like, do this, calendar. We all went, oh, yeah, righto. And then when we got there, it was more, much more serious than we thought. Right. So it was... It was posed and make, made right. up and lighting and dress and all that sort of stuff. So whose idea was the satin sheets? Um, yep, that wasn't mine. I did two. One was in a tuxedo, right, <laughs> with a, you know, with the shirt, white shirt open <laughs> and the bow tie dangling yeah. down by the side. And guess what I had in my hand? Um, a tumbler of something? Uh, yes. A little, a little <laughs> snifter. I had a little, a little snifter of cognac or something. <laughs> I'll try and find it. And then the other one was- And you had- I'll tell you about the other thing that you wore, and you wore it well too. What? That look on your face. A rug. No, that look on your face. <laughs> Girls, I'm open for business. That look on your face. <laughs> yes. Well, the other one was in bed with silk sheets over me, topless. I don't know how. Did you shave down for that one? No, no. But this is back in the day. No yeah, one, I know. No one shaved down. Did you ever say no? I can't remember whether we've had this conversation before or not. But stop me if I have. Did yeah. you ever? Did you ever say no to anything? Um, I don't think I did. I think back. Look, there were so few and far between those mm. things that it wasn't like it is today. Like you could do it. They'd sell it. It might turn up in Palmer's punchlines, and that that would be the That's only right. place you'd see it. So it wasn't like you were overexposed. And no, you just did what you did. But I, yeah, I, certainly not in keeping with <laughs> what I would be doing today. That's for sure. What month were you? I don't know if I was maybe my birthday, September. I don't know. I'm going to try and find the calendar. You weren't Mr. February, were you? Who was Mr. No February? No one wanted to be Mr. February. Why is that? A couple of days short. The old... <laughs> They weren't nudes. They weren't nudes. The, the calendar was a big. Ned was on it. Ned. Ned was on it. He was, was he? in bed with a rubber ducky. <laughs> no, Ned he was. was in a bath with a rubber ducky <laughs> over his. <laughs> over his. He probably actually. He probably ran it all. He probably was marketing. Was that a Ned production? Was it probably? I think this. How was, else would he? Was Chris in? Scott and Brad in it, or just uh, Chris way Scott? way past me? Oh, that, it was Chris Scott. That would have been after. You me. showed me the uh, Nathan Buckley photo. Like he had. He had the, the he, look going. He tried to go for the silk satin sheets, didn't he? No, he, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He looked absolutely magnificent. Did you, were you sort of in preparation for it? Did you sort of uh, fast or no. anything like going to a, no. a strict diet in the As I up? said, it was a bit Mickey Mouse, but uh, ended up being the forerunner to f shoots down the track where the boys then got very, very serious about the trimming up and the mm. waxing and the buffing and the abs out and all that sort of stuff. Like, Cooter style. You would got paid for it though. Not much. What would it have been back in those days? Fifteen hundred or something like that. I don't reckon that much. Five. I don't think so. Maybe five, seven fifty, something like that. I don't know. I As a player, you probably thought that was a lot of money back, back in those then days you too. Did for an extra. <laughs> was it a big a couple of photos? Did it sell better than the Speggy McGee series <laughs> or not? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it sold. Well, we, we went and did another one, so we came back and did the second series. Was that the cellophane one where you had to break the the, the seal to <laughs> well, get a look at it? Don't you start? You were the. You, I never did anything you were like marketed that. Marketed as the heartthrob of the no, AFL. No, I wasn't. I, was, I wasn't part of any with marketing. Your flowing hair with your long there locks was no marketing. and all your tight shorts and your moose knuckle. <laughs> 
Was... Right up your clacker, you had your shorts. Right up your oit. Well, that's how Kenny Mansfield wore his, and that's exactly how I wanted to wear mine too. Well, you were singing. You were worse. You went and did a soul. You went and did an album. We didn't. Yeah, we did an album. That's worse. But I, no, it's not because all you what, do singing a song on an album. All you're doing is revealing your voice. I wouldn't have done what you did. It's pretty hand on my heart. I wouldn't. It's pretty I, revealing. I, would, I wouldn't have laid there like that. I couldn't have done that. I would have been too embarrassed to do that. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. Neither can I. What did Bev and Pants say when they heard that? Don't How'd know. you break that news to them? They wouldn't have seen. They wouldn't even know. They wouldn't have seen it in Kyabra. <laughs> it wouldn't have made its way up there. Do you know? Many years later, they did this. I think it was for cancer research or Peter McCallum Clinic. It may have been the older men for all seasons. Can you remember that one? All the older guys, uh, you know, Ragsy Gould. Uh, oh. All those guys sort of came together and what a, a nude? No, not nude shots, but they're all in sort of like uh, workman type gear mm. or gear that they may have been associated with. I think Ragsy sort of a lot of them wore Ragsy sort of like the black. You know, remember Johnny Gould? Play for, yeah, played for Carlton. I yeah. don't remember. I don't remember the name. You remember the name? Yeah, he yep. was part of that. And um, Kevin Murray, he oh, was had the tats. He, yeah, he was that. And Brown they Lane. sort of just had the, yeah, you know, the truckies blue singlet on, and they were doing all different oh, yeah. poses. Well, we're talking about posing. Uh, who put a singlet on in a um, in a television? Like you were in t- you're in TV. You went and did TV. Talk about self conscious. You went and did two different television shows. What are you in a singlet? Didn't you do the Flying Doctors? No, I didn't do that. No, Who was that? that? No, I, I did. That, that was Dipper. Dipper. <laughs> that was oh, Dipper. <laughs> what did you do that? You we did, did Home and Away. Yeah, and it's a knockout. Remember that it's a knockout series where yes, I remember <laughs> it's a knockout. Richard Stubbs was in my in my team, and uh, Wally Lewis. See, you did Jeff Rains. See, you did a lot of look at me stuff. You did when you think. No, about that it, was a competition. No, when you think that about was a it, competition. You did it's a knockout, home and away, and you sang on a on an album. That's a fair bit of me, 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 me. Yeah, maybe, but I, I, I would have drawn the line had I been asked to do a. Calendar. No, you wouldn't. Have. I, I would never have done a calendar shot. Mm-hmm. Would never ever have done a calendar shot. You didn't even get asked. No, I didn't get asked, but I wouldn't have done it anyway. Um, how do you reckon our old mate Pangy went the other night too, just quickly before oh, yeah. we move on to something else? The Logies were on Sunday night. Oh, I was night. sick with worry about so him. Was I. I was nervous as a cat in a hot tin roof as I sat down and watched his, and then he sashayed out. He did a little Lee Matthews style walk for a couple of uh, very special people, a little bit of dun dun dun, and then he did. Then he, I didn't know that until you told me about the setup to that. I didn't. I, did. I thought Not he many was, would. I thought he was walking a little bit oddly, but I didn't put the two <laughs> together. So he did. And then that was for somebody that he knows well, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, a couple of his mates. Then he smashed it out he of the park. He absolutely hit it out of the park. He was magnificent. Uh, once he got the first, and I know you've said this about your own performances, once you get that first zinger away and you hear the laughter, and it's not nervous laughter, yeah. it's genuine laughter, then you're away and you think, okay, i got this team behind me. And you know how hard that room is oh. when you see all the others who came on and just sunk without a trace. You know what he's got going for him, though? I think we've spoken about this before. He's a lovable character. He's got a bit of charisma. He's got a charisma. Let's just have a listen to some of his sharper stuff. So he, he's, got a, he's got a beautiful manner. He's mm. got a lot. What he's got, Tim, and not many have this, he's got universal goodwill. Mm. No one hates him. Mm. Like, everyone loves him. So he was, he was in front, and then he just kept, the lead just kept opening up. So a reminder to everyone this evening not to mix beer and wine. 
And a reminder to all the winners out there, make sure that you don't mix your acceptance speech with an active court case. See, Edgy. See? That's, Edgy. And he's writing, like mm. he had some writers, mm. good mates. You've got to hit the stuff that people are interested in, right? Even that joke. Mm. The laughter started, mm. then it became a bit embarrassed. Oh, mm. gone a bit, and then it started to really go again because they thought, "Yeah, that's a, that is a good one." Except for the person that it was a cross between um, Ricky Gervais and Bert Newton. Edgier. I don't think Bert. Strafed, uh, I don't think Bert strafed him like that. No, no, but he had that other that warmth. Yeah, the warmth of Bert. The warmth of Bert. Yeah, the and Bert of... used to take the pee out of people, oh, but yeah, in a yeah, nice, yeah. gentle and the way. Edge of Ricky. And the edge of Ricky yeah. Gervais. Not as not as not, not as, as edgy, edgy. No, but good. Like but, and, and picked his marks really well. Had a go at Hamish Blake about having you know, the mansion and no mortgage and all that sort of stuff. That that resonates. Oh, with. it does. It resonates. <laughs> it's a resonator. <laughs> anyway, he's had to go away now. Well, he is. He'd be the hottest property oh, going around. And right yeah. hotter now after hotter. that performance. Hotter. He There's was, no one hotter. I told you in the lead up that he, all those Q scores that they do on people, yeah. recognition factor on people on TV, is the number one guy okay. already in right. the country before right, Answer that. me this then. So you know television. You've been in it longer than me. How is it, how is it that he wasn't nominated for the Gold Logie? And and how how is it that he didn't win it? Mm, I don't know. I don't know how that's constructed. I don't know how you get nominated, who nominates you, whether it's the networks nominate their own people or there's others, well, some other way that because, they identify Is those it people. because he was on seven for the front bar? Probably. And Ten for have you been paying attention? So Probably. they couldn't find, you know, the com- – he's the most, he's the most uh, popular – television personality in the country. He's I, more popular than Sonia Kruger. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now more so than ever, too. Yeah. More he, might, so than- he might win a gold logie for hosting the logies. <laughs> <laughs> he might, too. That was his funniest. I thought that was his funniest line when he said that he was making history tonight for diversity, the first person in the history of television to host this event. Yeah. It was 50% Channel 7 and 50% Channel uh, 10. That, that was a very funny line. Did you write? Is that the one you wrote? Because you sent me a couple of texts during the night saying, no. oh, "There's the one a couple wrote, of my crisps." The one crispies. I wrote for him didn't make. <laughs> is that I, <laughs> I know the one yeah. you wrote? But too edgy. <laughs> too edgy. Maybe next year. Ah dear. What have you? Here's my question for you today. Mm. These are all the different rabbit holes. Mm. I haven't got a massive. I haven't got a really deep rabbit hole that I want to go down. One may open up. Mm. Have you emotionally? fallen in love with the Matildas or have you professionally as a professional football, uh, sports watcher fallen in love with the Matildas? No, as a professional watcher and lover of Australian performances, I've fallen in love with the Matildas team. Mm. Yeah. I have no emotional attachment to them. I And I say this- But with, as an Australian, you have an emotional no, attachment. No, I haven't finished. Okay. Be very clear. All right, okay. Be very clear. I am professionally in love with them. Like, as a sports lover, as an Australian sports lover, as a fan of, you know, big world events, I am professionally all in, mm. and I'll be cheering with the best of them. Emotionally, i got nothing. Because you don't know them, That's do you? That's it. i got no attachment. I can't, mm. I can't connect. I don't know. I see the girls. I'm, I'm getting to know their names. Everyone knows I'm not a big soccer person, but in this instance, as it is with the men, I, I, I sit down and watch it. 
and I see them, I don't know them. Do you I've feel got no like, attachment. Do you feel like you know Sam Kerr? No. no. None? No. None of them? No. No. Okay. So do you think, whose fault's that then? Are they not marketed well, well enough to the Australian public? Well, do you think there was sort of like uh, an understanding without really understanding hey, that might, they weren't known to I the Australians? I might be, again, I put this out there. Because I don't watch it and follow it, you know, 27, no, 12 months of the mm. year, I might be out on a limb. You, other people may know them better. And atta- I don't, they play overseas, most of them, you know, at the big clubs, and that's great. I just, I've not, that, we, we in our show, as, as the official rights holder, mm. so we call all the games, we haven't been able to get an interview with any of them. And they've told us we won't be doing any one on one interviews. So we haven't been able to, you know, speak to them. I, I, I compare them to the Australian cricket team, right? The women's Australian cricket team. Mm. I've got a connection. Elise Perry, Alyssa Healy, Meg Lanning, Ash Gardner, you know, um, uh, Sutherland, Alyssa Sutherland. Is I, that because they've been playing under your nose a lot longer? Maybe, though? maybe. But you see them, you hear them, you get them in, you see them interviewed. Mm. Yeah, you know, they've got. You, know, you read about them and. Maybe I just haven't been paying enough attention. But I, I, I professionally, all in, love it, hope we win if we do one of the biggest sporting events ever. Well, you're not the only one because if you look at the ratings on Monday night when we played against Canada, 2.4 million people watched it across Australia on Channel 7 compared to the Ashes Day 5, which is 896,000, which is a, a big audience as well. Can you imagine what they're going to be next Monday night? We play Denmark in the round of 16 yeah. in Sydney because th- th- these things just build yep. and build Momentum. and build. And, you know, there are a lot of casual observers of the the world game of soccer and the women's game that would not have been invested at all, like yourself. Mm. No, no investment other than now it's catching on yep. and the promotion and the marketing of it, which is pretty much driven by their success, is getting bigger and bigger and bigger by next Monday night in the build-up. It'll be a massive, it'll go way beyond that. It'll be huge, and I get it. I understand and I understand how big it is. I understand what it's going to do for the sport going forward, because I watch, when I'm watching, I watch mm. the crowds. Is it and the shot? Yeah, it will, because the shots of the crowd are all, not all, but so many young girls mm. who are sitting there watching this going, wow. Like, you know what? You know what it is? It's like you and I back in the... Not so much you, me, back in the early 70s going to watch a VFL game with my eyes, with stars in my eyes going, one day could I possibly? Now that's what these young girls are imagining, I would think. I was there on Monday night, so I saw the crowd as I was leaving because I went home to watch the game. I didn't stay after the news to watch it there, but I was seeing the people filing. It was a very different crowd than what you'd find at an AFL crowd. Like a lot of a lot of uh, female yeah. supporters, but yeah. a lot of kids, like real kids. young kids, yeah. though there with their you know he- their mums and dads or just their mums, and it was it was a sight to see. And I told you that story early in the week about as I was leaving, these young girls, I could hear this singing sort of uh, in the distance. And as I got closer, I saw all these little girls were there. They were in single file. They must have been part of a soccer club, and they're all just sort of filing in. They had all their Matilda's gear on. They were singing a Matilda song. Unreal. It was it was a great scene. Well, there's there's my answer, by the way. So don't worry about 
me being a 55-year-old man, it's the emotional connection with those girls mm. is what matters the most. And the crowds are yeah, they're so enamoured and all that. So I just wish that we could see and hear a bit more about them. But you know, in time, maybe we will. I agree with that. I agree with that. But I'll be interested to talk to my granddaughters because Frankie's the oldest. She's seven. Yes. And see Very whether, savvy. Yeah. and But see whether or not it's it infiltrated her mind, this whole World Cup. Well, the schools will be driving that. The well, schools driving. This is the interesting thing, Gary. I said to her in the lead up to the World Cup, I said, oh, you've been doing any um, assignment, you know, like yep. you know, as a, as a cool. theme and yep. all that type. And she didn't know it was on. So, what? And that was in the lead up to the what World school? Cup. What school? Well, I'm not going to out the school. It may have been That's just unpatriotic. <laughs> well, I thought that it would have been something that they would have latched onto. <laughs> That's stupid by that school. I'm not. No, I'm serious. How can you have a world event like this and not talk about it in the school? Well, because of the point that you made before, and that is that we didn't know these girls well enough, and it hadn't been driven to that point where the schools were going to market it wow. and turn it into something really big for the kids. Because if it was the Olympic Games, yes, it would have been. In the lead up to the Olympic Games, it would have been everywhere in the school. And it, this school may be an outrider, so that she goes sounds, to. Sounds like it. If it's mainstream, the, but it may be an outrider. Principal of that school, though, you would take <laughs> responsibility. It wouldn't have mattered about how <clears throat> how visible they were. You, as the principal of that school, say, hey, this is a massive world <laughs> event. This is about uh, female participation on the world stage. It's the exact hitting zone that, that schools like to reinforce. It's about equality. The men are about yeah. you now. It's all those mm. tick, 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 ticks. Yeah. I don't want to get Frankie kicked out of primary school. <laughs> she likes the primary school. And her younger sister, Winnie, is there too. He's a great young fellow. Who's the these Grace's kids? <laughs> Whose kids are these? These are Billy's kids. Billy's the kind of shut up. And the principal of the school is a very nice bloke too. Does he listen to the pod? Does he listen to the rabbit hole? Uh, he follows football. Well, I don't know where well, he Well, come on. To it's not too late to get some <laughs> green and gold streamers out there. No, soccer balls. I, I would think though it is building and building. Well, not and by the sounds. No, I don't even know it's on. You said they don't even know the damn tournament. I think on. it's building. <laughs> oh, you backtracking now? Look, by next Monday, <laughs> have I think they're flying. Actually, I just got a text message. Right. They're flying a lot of the kids up to watch the game <laughs> in Sydney next Monday night. Oh, the whisk. Oh, hang on. Is even further, that Frankie's tossing the coin before <laughs> the game. <laughs> Cost these kids their education. <laughs> Oh dear. I've got another one. I've got another rabbit hole. We talked about the ashes. Well, yeah, you did. Yeah. And the what, the fact that it ended in a draw. Mm. There was some acrimony through the course of the uh, five test series. That's okay, as there should be when you're playing for you know the most coveted award in international cricket. But when it's over, it's over. When it's all said and done, it's all said and done. And mm. that's when you get together and sit down and have a beer or, in Uzi's case, yeah. a soft drink or whatever it is, and just chew the fat. Mm. And, you know, you, you repair relationships if, in fact, there's some. Maybe you don't repair a relationship, but at least you make the effort. Well, you attempt to. So the English didn't. Now, it depends who you listen to. I know they had retirements. I know Broad retired. I know Moeen Ali uh, retired. So they had their presentations and their retirement speeches and all that sort of stuff. But the Australians keep going up on the door. Want to have a beer yet? Nothing. So they go back, have a couple of, go back, can't see if they're ready yet. Nothing. <laughs> go back. Say, oh, jeez. Well, this is getting a bit late. Go, hey, Hedy, go and do it again. Just say, oh, Travis Head runs up. Can we come in yet? Nothing. Not one word from the English. Not one, Not even a, a text message to suggest that, hey, 
So Stokes... Are you sure that it wasn't David Warner knocking and that's the reason why probably. they didn't answer the door? Subsequently, um, the captain, Stokes, puts out a text message. Oh, look, sorry, you know, miscommunication. Our presentations went longer. Mm. We'll catch up at a nightclub. I'm not having that. Not mm. having it, Tim. So I was really disappointed with that. I love a really hard-fought contest, but I love I love it when people sit down yeah. after it and have a beer. I do too. I was really disappointed to hear that. I hope it was just a misunderstanding and a, lack, and a lack of communication between the two parties. But you're right. Like, everybody's got a phone these days. You'd think those guys would play a lot of cricket with each other in different hey, formats around the world. Tim, so they'd all probably be on a, a, a group WhatsApp. The team managers. The team, the, don't worry about the No, no, take the it players, out of the captain's no, 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 no. Don't take it out of the captain's hands. Well, the because captains the were, captains direct and drive so much in cricket. Tim, the captains were at the presentation of the trophy. That's where Pat Cummings says, hey, what are you doing? When, what, what time do you want us in there, Ben? Yep. And Ben should have said, let's do the presentation to Moen and um, Brody. Reckon it'll take an hour. Come after that. And then when it got to an hour and 20 minutes, all Stokes says is, hey, shoot, shoot uh, the old mate team manager and just tell Pat that we're going to be another half an hour. Mm. Not a, I'm, not ha- I'm not buying okay. that bullshizing. Okay. So to that end, do you think that there's a greater level of ill feeling between the two teams and maybe was even apparent? I, well, again, I'm on the other side of the world. McCullum, the coach, who we all love, I love Brendan McCullum, but mm. after the you know the run out, he said, we won't be having a beer with these blokes. So he put it on the agenda, and then what happened? They didn't have a beer with us. Right. Okay. I thought he said, we're not going to have a beer with these blokes, but probably will when it's all over. That's right. Yeah, and not tonight, but we probably will did. when it's all over. Yeah. But they didn't. Mm. Until they went to a nightclub, allegedly. Okay. Anyway, that's just my – but it did open up the door for us to talk about post-game footy and what happened back in the day. And you were – you lived and played in the post-game, get together, have a beer. I caught the mm. absolute tail end of it. Yeah. No, it was something that just happened as a consequence of every game you played. Although you did remind me of the fact that Melbourne really didn't have a home, so – you didn't, didn't have a social club. A social club. No, but these a lot of these things didn't happen in a social club. Well, if you play They just happened in a room alongside the change rooms. Right. A lot of them did. So have you well, played- Carlton it- did. They used to go. We used to go to the Carlton social club, didn't we? Or was that the players' no, room? No, no, no. You used to go to the players' room first mm. at Carlton. Well, that's the only one I can remember, Carlton. Mm. I can't even remember doing it. At Essendon, there was sort of like, the, the, there was our change rooms, and then there was a corridor down which led to- onto the ground, and then off that corridor was a room where we used to set up the boxing, and then that would be turned into the aftermatch room. Right. And so both teams, you get in there, you have your shower, you go back down there. Um, you know, it used to take me like maybe an hour, an hour and a half to get through the throng of you know, fans <laughs> signing autographs and stuff like that, and then you make your way <laughs> into the aftermatch. But was that, was that where you first met back up with Susie, and then as you got off, oh, well, you didn't have That's where we had our soft launch. Yes, yeah. we had your soft launch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was, you know what, you used to go in there and um, all the partners would already be in there because they would make their way. The kids would all, you know, if you had kids or at that time, they'd already be in there having their soft drinks or their pies or whatever it was, and then- the umpires would come in. Yeah. Players from both teams would come in. The umps would come in. Yeah, and everybody would surround, and you would talk about the game. With Tell the umpires, the... you'd talk about the decisions that were made that yeah. day as well. Tell us about the day Tom Afey was there. Well, I saw Tommy one day at Waverley, and uh, I think it must have been when he was coaching Geelong, and he came through. There was a big aftermatch there, so everybody came into that. He sort of brushed past me. I was trying to get into the aftermatch, and Tommy just sort of banged past me. This is even – I'll tell you how serious he was. 
He went for the umpire before he went for a cup of tea post-game. Uh, That's he, how serious he, he was. He barged in and he, went at the umpire. He went straight across the room and he, he sort of cutting through people. It was packed <laughs> and he, got, he found the umpire. And what, did the room go and, quiet? Well, only those that were watching him come through because he actually knocked a few people on the way through. So those he, that were sort of disrupted by him on the way through, they sort of, where's this bloke going? He had a piece of his mind. And he had, he he had gave to, him a piece of his he mind. He had to get something off his chest. But the oh. thing is, you didn't pick up the paper the next day and read see that. and read that you know Tom Hafey was being investigated because of mm, the way that mm, he spoke mm. to the umpire post game. I mean, it was just almost like these yeah. things happened as a, a course of you know weekly activity. That's right. And the players would you know sometimes something that may not have been necessarily settled out on the field, they'd have a conversation about it That's internally thing. as well. I think the whole thing ended when. We sort of went national because the whole you, thing ended when Jimmy Cracker um, allegedly <laughs> whacked Rod Austin in a <laughs> I read that. I don't know again if that might be an apocryphal mm. story, but and you know the thing that used to happen then, what? like post game, you'd go from you know because the players would have a couple of beers and then they'd think, okay, well, do you want to come up to the social club? And then they might go up to the social club, and then after the social club, they'd think. Oh, why don't we go to the underground or why don't we go somewhere else? And then after the underground, they'd wake up the next day and they'd say, well, why don't we go to the Bear Cave down in uh, Caulfield and why don't we go to another... A couple of newies and wisps <laughs> rolling out with that I've never heard of. No, they'd say, why don't... This is what used to happen. Is In your day, would have been much worse. The start of mine day was play the game, go out and go hard, mm-hmm. wake up, Sometimes you'd have a recovery, not often. Sunday lunchtime, you'd start and have uh, lunch or whatever, and yep. there was a Nicobellas and all that stuff, and you'd have another crack Sunday night, and you wouldn't get back to training until Monday. That's what used to happen. Yeah, that was – and then, well, then it didn't But end, you had pleasant no, Sunday mornings. That's it didn't end up – it didn't end up there either, because I, I think I've told you the story of a Tuesday night at Billboard too, which often – Well, it got more professional by the stage I arrived. We didn't go out on Tuesday night. No, this – well, this was back in the day. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's the first time I ever saw In Excess – a Tuesday night. Oh, you went out for a Tuesday night a, sip. A Tuesday night with Vanda <laughs> at Billboard, and In Excess came on probably about eleven o'clock at night, and I and this is during the week, right? Obviously, and there's Vanda with Jimmy Buckley on his shoulders, <laughs> swaying to Michael Hutchins singing In Excess. <laughs> That is funny. The that song, is so that, funny. What's the song that uh, Port Adelaide played before? Never the, Tear Us Apart. That's the song, Never Tear Us Apart. And I think, well, there's Vanda and <laughs> <It's> Jimmy. <laughs> and Jimmy, they don't even play on the same team. <laughs> but, well, that's a change, right? So all I remember post-game, because we didn't have a social club or anything, mm-hmm. so for me it was always frustrating because once the game finished, I was that cooked. I was always sick. Always felt like physically ill after the game. Yep. And then all I wanted to do was just sit in the shower for an hour and just try and get, you know, relax and then have maybe have a – the thought of a rub down post-game was a bliss. But all our marketing and um, sponsorship team did was as soon as your game finished, they're just sitting there hovering with their blackboard, with their, you know, their um, clipboard mm. and going – Gary, you're you're at the goal pass. You got you got to be at the goal pass in ten minutes. And you're going, yeah. Well, hang on. What about ice? And what about you know recovery? Mm. No, no, no. Yeah, because they've been there all year. they've been there all day. They're, you're you're the um, Rod Grinder. You're going to red leg. You know, and all those. So we had to rush through our post game, 
fly off to these things, stand up, get interviewed, you know, to be there. You're, like your legs are just shaking because you mm. can hardly stand. You're, I was always sick, so I was sweating like a pig. I was hungry. <laughs> I was thirsty. What was your mood like? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> and now I watch these blokes. I can't imagine you being congenial, Gary, post-game. No. And then you- After, And you had a loss, so you, you, uh, you lost. Then you had a loss. You're sore. Then you tired. had your mum and dad, because they hadn't seen you all week. Right. So, and then you know you had a couple of mates there, and you- Oh, it's a hectic <laughs> post-game. And now I'm watching these, these uh, jokers. They finish playing- they got pizza, lollies, they got 54 masseuses, they got a hot and cold bath where they can get in the hot, get in the cold, get, then they walk across to their change, like, I, I would have played 450 yep. games. Haven't run around in the mud? No, no Pampered mud. beyond no. a hot, poodle? A hot shower. A hot, yeah, they find hot water. Probably some disinfectant even, <laughs> rather than our blokes that just used to hose you down. No, no, no. one peed on your leg in the shower. <laughs> How many times? No, here's a here's a question for you. How many times did you leave a ground without a shower at all and just put like a tracksuit yeah. over your muddied body? Every time we went to Moorabbin. Yep, every time there. That's not, and that's and not, pretty much every other ground too. You could have. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I I was a little bit later, so I never got those real real suburban Arden streets and all that sort of stuff. But Moorabbin, just, and this is not. This is not a um, you know, story that's grown legs over time. The, you get off Moorabbin, which was always muddy, mm. win, lose, or draw, and turn the shower on, and it would dribble cold water. Mm. Like dribble. Mm. So you just got your bag, got in your car, put your track seat and drive to the junction oval and have a shower back there. We used to be sponsored by Masashi, and they used to produce all these amino acids. And you know, a lot of players used to have aminos before the game and that type of thing. Oh, yeah, high tech. It was more high tech. It was those. very high tech, very high tech. But uh, we went to Marabin and John Barnes had these containers of um, amino acids in his locker because he used to take some pre-game recovery. And, and recovery yep. and all that sort yep. of stuff. So, and he'd left. I think he'd left the cap off. He came in after the game. And there were rats in there that <laughs> big ones, were, and they were massive. Well recovered. <laughs> he was attacked by rats post game. <laughs> They'd been getting stuck into his. Well, they were mice when they started on the aminos, <laughs> and then they turned into big, big fellas. Oh yeah. So that was. But a- they didn't have any. They didn't have any water. They they actually didn't have water down there. No. I, I can remember just putting you know like That's my about- suit. Or whatever I'd worn to the football, yeah. I just took off my footy gear and put that on over unclean, muddied body, went home and had a shower after that. That's the other thing. And it was like, hard to get that mud off oh, after, it, after it'd been caked, caked on. And the hairy, if you had a hairy leg like <laughs> I did, wisp, <laughs> 12 wisp, it was a long process. And sometimes I used to just leave the tape on until next week. I couldn't get it off either. <laughs> well, we were that poor at Melbourne. We got tape once a month. You got to keep them going for a month. You got tape pre-season. They took it off at the end of the year. Because we, we didn't have a social club. Ours by, ended up being a pub in uh, a morning to Yatesy and Balls and Rod, uh, the Black Prince in Chapel Street was our hotel that um, Graham Yates lived. He grew up in Pran. He knew um, Orlando, who was the publican, and he just adopted us. As, right. And that was our social club. We just well, you needed someone. Once we I finished, didn't. we'd go to the Black Prince <laughs> and never have a counter meal. <laughs> You're listening to the Rabbit Hole for tyre power. Get your free five minute tyre safety check. Oh, a nice variety there. Whispers going down memory lane. Uh, got a few other little rabbit holes we need to do. Got the farming rabbit hole. Hope you've got your farming tip today. I have. Before you get there, though, mm. um, you've been batching for 
a while now too. How's it going? Well, I have. Yes, Nikki's been away. She comes back Friday, right? So that's... A couple of days. A couple of days away, three weeks she's been away. So yesterday I cleaned the apartment top to tail. Well, you've been having parties there. No, but you know... When you say cleaning, what do you mean cleaning? <laughs> Vacuum, mop, what? Dishwasher, washing. Uh, what else did I do? Has it got away from you? Has it? Everything it got away from me. Yeah, all the sort of boxes and stuff that I just. Had. Anyway, it was good. It was cathartic. Mm. And um, how long did it take you? A couple of hours. Uh, I've still got. I've got some washing in the in the in the machine. I'd say a good idea, in case you haven't thought of it. Well, this is what I want to ask you. Go and buy yourself a nice scented candle. So when Nikki gets home, yeah, the I've apartment- got just... I've got thousands of them. <laughs> I've got thousands of scented candles. What sort of scented candles? Oh, sandalwood, <laughs> mainly. But um, I because t- Nikki's a very, like she's a, uh, what do you call, spiritual, but um, she's, non-chemical. She's zen, though, too. Yeah, but she does, she hates the chemicals, you know? Does she? Like all, everything has to be organic and natural. Okay, yeah. cleaning, whatever. I went and got the heavy duty, <laughs> heavy duty chemical sort of rot the rust out of your car stuff. So, does the place smell like pine? Well, clean? it does. And um, yeah, what what's the? Is there anything about housework that you enjoy? Because I take my hat off to all houseworkers, whether they be mums, dads. Mm. kids or cleaners who do it for a living. Mm. It's a tough job, Wisp. It's a tough job if you let it get away. Yeah, yeah. if you let it get away from you. Because you vacuum yeah. you vacuum those portable vacuums that got the whirrers, mm. just fills up with hair, like Nikki's hair, and then you've got to empty that and cut it and take all that stuff. Right. Oh, that's tough going. Nikki hasn't been there for a month. Can't be her hair. Well, I must... <laughs> Cut, cut. <laughs> well, I must have got to some different places with it. I must have been much more thorough. <laughs> um, did you – does that include sort of like, you know, like did you wash the floors? And yeah, stuff? Mop, mop. You mopped them, yeah. Mop, mop, yeah you got a mop. Some real heavy, heavy dis- hospital-grade disinfectant. <laughs> I honestly thought you'd have a cleaner. I thought you'd have somebody that did that regularly. No. You don't have a cleaner. Well, I did in, when we had the house, but this is an apartment, so right. you know, I would feel bad calling a cleaner in for an apartment. Why? Yeah, good point. Uh, bathrooms are the ones that get me. No. Showers and toilets and stuff like that. Mm, you yucky. Know, you got to go full um, rubber glove style. What do you? What do you cling? You don't do that. What are you cringing for? <laughs> no, nah, it just makes me feel sick. All what? those little, all those little spots. <laughs> you got your cleaner that does all those. No, no, no. But it just that that whole thing just makes you feel a bit a bit uh, a bit sick. Anyway. I don't know why we're talking about this. Um, how did you go with oh, your? Well, because I did a very good job. That's uh, why. Okay, but it, that's great that uh, <laughs> that's great that she's <laughs> he's got all squirmy. Have she you did the toilet? Have you uh, have you cooked while she's been away? No, I do. I do that. Or do you that. just do takeaways? I lived on my own for a long time. You I know, know that. that so, I know that. But no, I, do, I love. I, lo- I, I do know cook. you're a good cook. I like cook. I oh, know I'm a good cook, but I'm a capable cook, so I have no problem with that. Um, so the actual stove top needed a bit of a going over, but that uh, little bit of jiff. Have you been watching the uh, Stanley Tucci yep. uh, Taste of Italy or whatever it is? I love it. He's good, isn't he? I like. He, I love his style. He reminds me of you a bit. He's got a similar dress sense. No, do you know what? Very high pant wearer. I was going to say exactly. <laughs> you and I notice exactly the same things. Very, I'm not a high panter. I think he's a high panter because he's a high hipper. I think he's got a high hip. 
and he then pulls the pants up above the hip line. He's a real and he fly's looks like, eyes. He looks like a hip. He looks he's got like, the fly's eyes. That is girl. so funny that you said he's a high pan. I'm watching him yesterday, and I'm thinking to myself, I wish I had my notepad here because I'd be writing right down now that Stanley Tucci's a high panther, and I need to talk about that on the pod tomorrow. <laughs> why, are, why are people high panthers? It's not comfortable. No, but I think it's because of your body structure. Well, get a, get a, um, you can't change your body structure, by the way. We'll put a belt on. He has got a belt. I know, a tight one. He, he heaves the belt up above yeah, the hip. Gets a moose knuckle going, and, and if then I he was, wears a no sock. If I was editing that show with him, I'd say this to him. Look, the most- Less knuckle. Less knuckle. <laughs> the unflattering shot of you is from behind because that yeah. that accentuates the high pant because yeah. you can see it going up the clacker a little bit right as well at the, the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Disappears. <laughs> I'm but, surprised that somebody hasn't told him that. But a very good show. He's great. He loves his food. What has he been on so people would know who we're talking oh, about? Oh, the devil. Uh, is it the devil loves Pride or the devil, the devil does Pride? Whatever Prada. it might be. Yeah, with Meryl Streep. He's been a lot. He's, he's, he's bigger, more of a character. stuff than that. I know, but he's more of a character actor. He's been around for a he's long time. Bald fella. Yeah, he's great. He, he's great. And uh, he's genuinely Italian, and this series across Italy is fantastic. There's two series. This is the first series that's now on SBS Demand if you want to catch up with it. Have you had good luck with your in-laws? Always, yeah. yeah you great. got good in-laws? Uh, yeah, well, both of them have passed away now, so they were great. Like, my father, you met my late father. Well, what father, about son-in-laws and stuff? Uh, are you talking about, uh, yeah, yeah, no. They're yeah, all in-laws. They're all, okay, I thought Brother-in-laws? Yeah. Son-in-laws? Yeah, yeah, no, all good, all good. Yeah, It'd be like, awkward if you didn't have good in-laws, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. It would be, yeah. Because then you But them. you know what? I think you're the same as me. You just turn them into good in-laws because <laughs> you're the same sort of per- You just want to get on well with people. I want to get on well with people. Yeah. So why would you make it difficult to get on with people and not have a good relationship with the in-laws? My brother-in-law, my first in-law, mm. who married my sister, mm. is 60 right. in a couple of days' time. Right. And he's yeah, – what about this for a story? When I was at year 10 in Kyabram, it was – Work experience. You had to do work experience for mm. a week or two weeks, I think it was. So they gave you a big long sheet and said, like, here's all the ta- all the uh, businesses in and around Kyabram where you can go and do work experience. So I'm looking down, right, and I'm th- I didn't, you know, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I'm looking there, yeah, fifteen bucks each, fifteen bucks, and then the one one was paying thirty. <laughs> I said. Bob Ferguson Electrical. I said, that's me. <laughs> so he put me down for Bob. I always wanted to be an electrician. <laughs> I go, right, oh. They're paying 30 a week. <laughs> double, double everyone else. <laughs> so I go to Bob Ferguson Electrical, and guess who his apprentice was? Mm. Breeny, my brother, who- Is that right? So I do, I spend two weeks with Rod, who wasn't going out with my sister at the time. He was right. only, I don't know how old he would have been, 18, 19. And then they got together later, and now here he is, sixty years this, this week, as my as my brother-in-law and a ripping bloke. That is extraordinary. Yeah. And you did the apprenticeship with his dad. I didn't do the apprenticeship. I did work. Well, experience. you did the work experience. Did Not get- with his dad. I did it with Bob Ferguson, and Rod was Bob's apprentice. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, Bob Ferguson's a very good cricketer, by the way. Really. Yeah. For Kyabram. For Kyabram, and Rod. I shouldn't embarrass him. When Dad won all his money, I told we told that story on the podcast, mm. and he, all he ever wanted to do was take us to Disneyland. He took us all to Disneyland, and guess who got a berth? No, Rob. Rod, not Rob. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's good my, that he. My assistant listens to this. It's Joanne. Good, it's good that he. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's good that he hung in there and he wasn't just after well, the trip hey, to Disneyland. Yeah, That's what I no, say. No, the thing is, I think Pant was looking at it going. Right, uh, there's Rod and Joanne. Well, I'm well, uh, not sure she's going to have too many other options, so let's make a certainty of this. Want to come to Disneyland, Rod? <laughs> <laughs> so so he, he, she'll be thrilled with that. I think he got hard launched in Disneyland. <laughs> oh, he's sitting up like Jackie he was. He'd been on the scene for a couple of weeks. No, he'd been there for long. Anyway, uh, we're lucky. We've got good in Did they have three-phase power back in those days? <sighs> no, but I do remember him. I do remember how to fix a uh, uh, an extension lead. Right. That's what I took away from it. The three-phase power, that's you've got the power, they've got the power, the power's in dispute. Is that the one? <laughs> that's exactly right. Right, let's do our farming tip for the week. It's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. I haven't asked you uh, the farming tip of the week, so what do you got for us? My tip is this, and it's the greatest tip that my late father-in-law, Jeff Lynch, gave me, Mm -hmm. and that was that at least once every year, you get your main machinery serviced. Now, that's my tip because we're going to come into heavy mowing season. Not much of a tip. That's a great tip. It's well, our best it's tip. Much. No, it's a best tip because people forget to do this, people right? People listen to our tips for stuff that a lot of other people don't know about. And most people know that. No, they don't. Most people know it, but they forget it. And this is a timely reminder. This time of the year, we're going to have an early spring. The grass is going to start to grow. It's mm-hmm. going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that all your main equipment has been well serviced and oh, up to date. That's good advice. Tip, mm, good advice. Clean your gutters. There's my tip of your machinery, of your sheds, your machinery <laughs> sheds, your uh, house. It's, oh, that's a much better tip. Clean your that's, gutters. Oh, it's a, why didn't I think of that? That's a much better tip than getting your machines serviced. Uh, which allows me to tell the story <laughs> of when the wisps came down and I got a big shed, like a very high shed. Oh, you got I, the biggest shed down there on the peninsula. And I always need so – the only way I can clean the gutter is if I get in the bucket of the Kubota mm. and you lift me up. I don't know if it's OH&S uh, particularly, but it works. Then the So you lift the bucket right up high yep. and then I can clean out that top, <laughs> top gutter. Yep. So I say to the wisp, jump in the Kubota, I'll meet you around the corner at the downpipe. Yeah, so I'd stand at the downpipe, one minute, two minutes, <laughs> three minutes, go back, and there's the wisp. I've never driven a tractor. <laughs> oh, God, help me. I said, you've never driven a tractor. Well, you got to start it, though, didn't we? No, it was already started. You just had to drive it, and then, oh, he nearly knocked the downpipe over. He nearly flipped <laughs> me out of the back of the bucket. I thought this was an experienced <laughs> machinery handler and nearly killed me. I've never had shed envy until I saw your shed. That is, in in all seriousness, that is, that is, no, it's better than a good shed. It's a big, it's not That's an overly, I would say, to my, it's a barn. To my untrained eye, it's an overly engineered shed. I think you're right. I didn't overly engineer it. No, I know you didn't, but it's a, it's an absolute beauty. You could build, on top of your shed, you could probably build a 20-story building. It's so beautifully engineered. Yeah, it is. It's so solidly big built. steel. It's absolutely um, magnificent. Mm. I don't think you knew, I don't think you quite knew what you were getting yourself into when you bought that property because I don't, I think you undervalued 
the shed that you actually had there on the property. No, I think you're right. I still undervalue undervalue it, but it's uh, good and it's dry and it hasn't blown over. So there's your <laughs> farming uh, tips for the week. Hang on, let's just recap that recap. because a lot of people probably want to write this down. Yep. Make sure that your equipment is serviced, your yes. machinery. Yes, and? And make sure you clean your gutters. Clean your gutters. It's the time of the year to clean the gutters, Whispers. <laughs> You're listening to The Rabbit Hole for tyre power. Get your free five-minute tyre safety check. That brings us to the end of another magnificent Rabbit Hole episode. Oh, the heavy hitters of Kubota. Uh, I think they want to recommit long-term on the back of the farming advice that's been handed out. We introduced last week the fact that I'm not big on music, but I'm taking it upon myself to try and get better. And so I'm going to listen to songs and then come up with my favourites. I kicked it off last week with uh, Cats in the Cradle, one of the few that I knew. And it's a cautionary tale. um, Some people said, do you know what that's all about? Yeah, of course I do. It's about investing in your kids and why you've got the opportunity because time goes really quickly. And then we got this. This is an email from Sean. He says, I wanted to touch base. I listened every day. I listened to the rabbit hole. Uh, The song, I loved it. It reminds me where I'm at in life. Um, And he goes on to talk about he's been, he's not living with his sons. I think they're sons or three kids anyway. And um, how the, the, he just wants to get everything on. Sean, I won't go into it in great detail because you've given us more, but but you're up in Mackay and I'm hearing your man um, and keep your kids close. That's the most important advice I could give you. You've got a few challenges going on there, but you keep working on that relationship with the kids and you'll get through, no worries. It touched a real note, didn't it, that uh, that song last week. And just a little bit of other correspondence to the Reverse Rebel High. This is uh, Bill from Billings in Montana. Uh, He was listening. Montana here or overseas? Overseas, I think. Uh, We've got international listeners, a lot of international listeners. And you were talking last week about the new linen, the new bed linen. I put it it on. I've soft launched it. That's right. And it's like a sage. You're going to do that. You're doing the hard launch later in the week. Is that right? When Nikki's back. And it's uh, like a sage colour. Sage, yeah. It's a flax linen. And yeah. uh, I said that my favourite colour is army green. Yeah. Now, that touched a chord with uh, Bill from Billings out there in Montana because he said, you won't believe this, Wisp. He said, I've always wanted to have the army green bed linen, but my wife has always put white sheets on the bed. And luckily, we broke up a couple of years ago and I got the opportunity to buy the linen that I've always wanted to buy and I sleep happily now in the army green. I don't know if you said luckily we broke up. I might have made that bit up. but (laughs) Anyway, he now gets to choose the bed linen that he likes. That's one of the... um Consequences of not being in a relationship, Whisper. You can go with whatever you want. So whatever. This has been the Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Tune in to eleven sixteen SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from six to nine AM to hear SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim. Let's go, let's go.